Welcome to Lakeland Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Lakeland, please visit our website at lakeland.church. What's up, Lakeland? So great to have you with us. People in the room, what's up? So, so great. So great. It is great to see you. We believe that God's got an amazing service here ahead of us. Um, more worship to come. It's going to be really good. But we're rolling out some, some new things here at Lakeland that we want to actually... Um, wait, what are, what are you guys doing? You're what? Oh, you are the hype. Oh, you. Oh, they actually don't have to do this anymore. So for three months, you guys have been doing. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have told you. Uh, we don't actually need this. Yeah. So thanks, guys. Would you give the worship team a hand? They've been. Wow. For. For three months, they've been the only audience in the room, and uh, I think Josh got to week two, and he's like, I need some faces to look at, and so uh, we put our worship team on stage, and uh, they were here all service on stage, it was really, really great, and they've just been killing it this season. Uh, I'm so proud of our our worship team, but we do have some new things rolling out this weekend. Uh, Of course, we have people in the room. This is exciting uh, as we kind of reopen and get into this next chapter here at Lakeland, so whether you're on site or online, it is great to be together as a church. Second thing, uh, I want to invite everyone to go ahead and grab their phones. Go ahead and grab their phones at home, in the room. Go ahead and grab your phones. Uh, we want to roll out a new way really to stay connected as a church. And so on screen and also right there in your seats, you have a QR code uh, that's coming your way or right there uh, that's handy for you. And we want to invite you to go ahead and scan that QR code. I have taught so many people how to use a QR code. If you're like, I don't know how to do it. I'm not pulling out my phone. I've got you. Here's how you do it. Pull up the camera on your phone and uh, your camera, do you need to take a picture? No. Do you need an app? No. Your camera will pick it up and send you to a link that we want you to go to and in your own device, Uh, In just a few seconds, you can let us know uh, all kinds of things. Let us know you were here. Uh, Let us know what your prayer requests are. I've been missing that in this season as Next Steps Pastor. It's one of my favorite things. Do you remember back in the day when we filled out things and turned it in? We can't do that in a touchless world. And so uh, this is a way for us to stay connected. We want to hear from you. You can also take uh, Next Steps on there as well. But this will be our way uh, to do that. Uh, If you're having issues with the QR code, uh, two things that you can do. Check your settings as well as ask anyone who might be younger than you. Uh, They might know how to do that. So that's, that's fun. Hey, another thing is that God is writing impact stories right here at Lakeland, and he hasn't slowed down in this whole season as people step in and use their gifts for Jesus to make him famous. And so over these next several weeks, we want to roll out impact stories for you, Uh, not only to spotlight these stories, but to get you to start thinking about what is the story God's writing in your life? What is the impact story waiting for you? And uh, this is a guy named Mike at our church. He's served on many different teams. He's so great. And uh, we want you to meet him now. Check out this video. I've always really disliked the phrase, just going to church. Um, it's one thing to show up to you know, service at you know, 9.30 on Sunday morning, uh, sit through the hour long, feel great, and go home and not have to think about the building again. Being a part of the church is so much bigger than that. It's, it's wanting to be here. It's, it's developing those relationships. It's working for the greater good of the people you know, within the church. And I think we all have a place to be that. Serving at Lakeland has impacted me in so many different ways. Um, I, number one, I think the hardest step is serving in the first place. I really think it's on the heart of uh, everybody that is a follower of Jesus. 
uh, to serve in the church. And to finally take that first step is, was, was awesome. Make me realize that I can do a lot of things that I wasn't sure I could accomplish before. I've had the opportunity to serve in many different ministries here and kind of find my niche. Uh, through that, uh, I've come home with some really awesome traits, some abilities to approach situations and people in a Christ-like manner that I never had before. Rather than go to church, let's be the church. Let's have that fellowship uh, and walk alongside each other. Best job I've never gotten paid for. <laughs> Here at Lakeland, we are passionate about helping you find the greatest job you've never gotten paid for. Uh, we believe that God's given you great gifts, and we're excited about that. Would you begin praying about that? And if you're ready to step into that, right there on uh, checking in uh, on that form, you can actually check a box and someone will help you uh, begin to journey with you in your own impact uh, story. But let's get to Summer Playlist. It is week five of Summer Playlist. I have loved this series. I hope you have too. Um, this is actually also uh, pointing out the obvious vacation week uh, for Josh and Lisa, or how I like to call them, our designated survivors uh, for reopening weekend. We always knew from our other colleagues in ministry that week one or weekend one was always going to be risky, and I kind of like to play out this scenario that we like dug deep into the playbook to find this undisclosed vo location for Josh and Lisa to go to, but they're just enjoying time as a family. And if I can just say this, as one of the ministry leaders that has been closest to Josh in this whole season, uh, I would just say you should be super proud of your pastor. You should be super proud of your pastor. Each and every day, he, he just was walking confidently in hearing from God, hearing from you, and also seeing what other churches were doing and what the best practices were as we navigate the most complicated ministry season I've ever been a part of. And even people who've been doing it their whole life are saying, this is really, really difficult. But Josh led so well, and it's a vacation uh, well-deserved. So we're going to give it to him, aren't we? It's going to be great. Yeah, so... We got a summer playlist coming week five. Uh, what are we doing? We're looking at worship songs or Christian songs that have recently been released. And what we're doing is we're digging into those songs, digging into the lyrics, and we're anchoring our hearts to the truths that we find in them. And so today's song is really for anyone, anyone who's ever asked this question. Isn't there more to life than this? This is a question actually that can sneak up on you in any kind of season. It can sneak up on you in seasons that you're kind of bored. It can sneak up on seasons when you're actually doing really well. It can sneak up on seasons when you're burdened uh, by something. But uh, we always run around to this very human question, isn't there more to life than this? And the answer is yes. And I'm excited to roll that song out to you and teach on it uh, this morning. Uh, but to talk a little more about this song and why it's significant to her, uh, here's Riley to share more about today's song. Hey church, guys, I'm so excited about this week's song. It is Christ Be Magnified by Cody Carnes and Corey Asbury. And I love this song so much because the lyrics feel like the beat of my heart. Um, it says, oh, Christ be magnified on the altar of my life. Christ be magnified in me. And we as sons and daughters of God literally get to live lives that are laid down before the living Jesus. And so when we walk into places, literally people can see Jesus or feel Jesus 
because of what we carry and who we are and Him being magnified in us. One of my other favorite parts though is that in whatever season we're walking through, He's right there next to us. There's a, a line that says, um, if it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. And if the cross brings transformation, I'll be crucified with you. And so I just pray that as we go into this song that it just becomes the beat of your heart too. That we know that the living God is not just for us and with us, but He is in us and we get to magnify Him with our lives. We're actually going to sing this song together at the end uh, of our service. Uh, but the whole song rides on this one truth, so I'm going to give it to you early. Uh, here's the truth. It's this, that God can be magnified in you. God can be magnified in you. Sometimes I think we think of ourselves uh, not enough to, th to think that, God, God, can you really do something with me? God, can you really become famous through me? And here's the truth. God can be magnified in you. Where do we see this in the Bible? Check this out. Psalm 34. Psalm 34, David writes this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Here it is. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name uh, together. Magnify. So what's David talking about here with magnify? I don't know about you, but when I think magnify, I immediately think of like uh, microscopes or I think of uh, magnifying glasses, which I loved as a kid. Uh, you know, they would give it to you in the cereal box and you'd like play games on the back and like try to find clues or whatever. But then you found out that magnifying glasses can set things on fire and you were like, so much for the games on the back of the box. Uh, I'm letting things smoke and I'm letting things uh, start on fire. It was great. Or what about telescopes. We think about telescopes and seeing like these amazing things in uh, space. Do you know that there are moons around the rings of Saturn? Isn't that cool? Uh, but that's actually not what David's talking about at all. That's how we think about magnify. But in order to find out what David's talking about, we have to actually dig deep into the dictionary, into a definition that is called the ancient definition of the word magnify. It means to glorify, to lift up, to adore, to honor, to enthusiastically praise, or to make great. And maybe you'd come back with this question. Can I do that? Like me and you? Can, can we actually do that? And the answer is yes. And I'm excited to share this picture in the Bible that uh, I hope will just blow you away as it's blown me away. And it invites us into this single response. And it's really the invitation that David gave us so long ago. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. For those of you that know me, uh, I'm a planner. I just love making plans. I love making to-do lists. I like making goals for the future and kind of stepping towards those. And like even after I do something, I'll like add it to my list if I haven't just to get the satisfaction of checking it off. Like I'm that kind of planner. And so I, I, I approach messages that way as well. And I've been planning for this message for weeks. And on Thursday night, Thursday night, God said, throw it all out. Throw it all out. Like, start over. And I was like, really? Like, you want me to start over? And I had this worship session late at night, early in the morning with God. And so this is what I believe about today's message. I believe for breakthrough for today's message. I believe for surrendered hearts in today's message. I believe for new beginnings in today's message because it is not my message. It is the message that God gave me, and now I'm going to give to you. 
Um, so I'm really, really excited about that. And the pressure's off of me. I just got to communicate it, right? So this is kind of fun. Um, but it, how do we magnify God? Uh, this is the verse that I was led to. How do we magnify God? It hinges on living out this one verse. You ready for it? Here it is. John chapter 3, uh, verse 30 says this. He, God, he, or Jesus, actually, he must become greater. I must become less. He must become greater, and I must become less. See, I think this is one of the verses in the Bible that we can actually misapply. And here's how we misapply it. Uh, We might want to live it this way. Uh, He must become greater. I really do want Jesus to become greater. But you know what? I'd like to become greater too. Let's get real, right? Sometimes we feel that way. I'd actually like to be great because I'm not sure I like this word. And I'm not sure I like this word as it would, it would attach to me. I kind of like that one too. And so if, if Jesus is becoming greater, maybe I can become greater too. Or we might misapply this verse by putting so much weight, even as you heard it maybe, you put so much weight on, this, uh, on the last part of the verse that I must become less. And I don't know what you have found when you found yourself just in the pit of life. But here's what I found. When I'm made less or when I make myself less, I actually lose sight of being obedient in the first part of the verse. I lose sight of who God actually is, that actually as I become less, I'm losing my grip on God. But imagine with me what would happen. Imagine if we doubled down and went after he must become greater. Here's what would happen. We would double down in that. We would go all in on that. And if we did it God's way, he would become greater. And this would also become true. And you and I would actually be okay with that. We would be confident and God-honoring and even biblical in becoming less as he becomes greater. And there's this dream that I have in my life that I want to be an old, old man. That God is so, so great. And I am so, so not that I'm, I'm decreased, I'm less, and God is good, and I am serving him, and it's okay. It's okay. And I want to call you uh, to that as well. You know the verse, maybe you've grown up uh, maybe in church, or you've heard that uh, before, uh, he must become greater, I must become less, but do you know the story? The story is awesome. John the Baptist is this forerunner for Jesus, and uh, he is paving the way for Jesus' ministry. And there comes a problem early in the Gospel of John, where the people who have been hearing John the Baptist's teaching and have been following him around and traveling with him, they come to him. Let's just say it's like his senior staff. And his senior staff comes to him and says, John, we have a problem. And the problem is this. All of our people are starting to follow Jesus. Isn't that a problem, John? Isn't that a problem? And I think it was this moment that John the Baptist's life was building up toward. Everything that had been going on behind the scenes in his character and who he knew that he was, it was now being put to the test. And I don't know what decision you would make in that moment when people, when, when sales start going towards maybe uh, a more favorable salesman or when friend groups start actually moving away from you. That very human experience of, I think I'm becoming less. John the Baptist breaks out and he says, look, everything that I've been given, I've been given to me by God. And guys, I told you, he told his followers this, I've told you uh, that I'm not the Christ. And then he does this, he must become greater and I must become less. That's the story. So let's get honest. Is God becoming greater in your life? 
Is God becoming greater in your life? Whether you've been a Christian for a long time, or maybe you wouldn't even call yourself a Christian uh, today, or maybe you're somewhere in the middle, is God becoming greater in your life? It's an important question. Because if we live out verse 30, that he must increase, we are set up to be propelled in an amazing way uh, to live uh, for Jesus. This song... um, Christ be magnified is built on this picture in the Bible that I actually want to show you. It's creation joining as one in worship to the creator God. And it's written in a lot of different places, but I want to focus on Psalm 148 together. And the word that's used over and over and over again is the word praise. So I don't know if you use that word very often. I don't use that word very often, but it's written in the Psalms so much, and it's a biblical word that I like it. So um, we're going to use that as we read through it together. But I'm going to need your help. I know we have kids at home. We have kids in the room uh, that, that I need your help with this. Every time the word praise comes up, would you say that with me together? It's such a part of what we're talking about today. And so Psalm 148, starting in verse 1, this is the word right here that we're all going to say together every time it comes up. Start with me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the sky. Let them praise the name of the Lord For at his command they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a a decree that will never pass away. What's happening here? Worship is ringing out from where? Heaven. Worship is ringing out from heaven. And and probably not shocking to most people that if I were to ask you what would heaven be like, maybe one of the first words you would use is singing. There will be lots and lots of singing, and I believe that's true. But I believe the way that we understand singing is maybe not what we're going to hear at all when it comes to heaven. I believe that I'm going to get to heaven, and I'm going to maybe find out for the very first time what singing actually sounds like. It's going to be so great. And here are the words that are going to be sung. Worthy is the Lamb, holy is the Lord. Power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing forever and ever. And where are we going to hear it from? Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, from heavenly creatures that even John has a hard time in the book of Revelation describing. We're going to hear it from skies full of angels. This is cool. Skies full of angels, full of angels, as high as it is wide as it is deep angels all around and it will really be something and if that's not cool enough in the very next verse in psalm 148 we hear praise coming from actually a different direction this is kind of cool music has always been a part of my story uh growing up in high school i just spent as much time as i could in the music department i was in uh, choir i played the string bass in orchestra but i was really hanging out just to play in pep band pep band was a blast uh, they let me uh, plug my electric bass into this giant amp for basketball games, and we played these like 50s and 60s hits that had these great bass lines. It was so fun. We literally shook the gym. Like, it was just a blast uh, to do that. But one of my favorite parts about uh, being a part of music in high school was my band director. His love for music was inspiring. You, you didn't even have to like music. You maybe just started playing an instrument, and all of a sudden you were excited about that. And he was this older guy that actually couldn't get around very well. He didn't walk very fast. But when you put the conductor's baton in his hand, he came to life. 
He came to life. And he was one of those band directors that when we would, we would hit the last note, he would just laugh. Like it would be so much fun uh, for him. But he would do this thing uh, when he was conducting. He would be conducting a band, uh, a band maybe a long uh, medley, really long song. And he would really be getting into it. And if you've never seen him conduct before, you would see him do something like this. He would just start pointing while he's conducting. And what is he doing? He's calling on a section that's about to break in. And it was like, French horns, here comes your moment. Make me proud. Give it all you've got. And that's exactly what's happening right here in Psalm 148. As a song is building, all of a sudden there comes another sound that's about to break in. And where is it going to break in from? Check this out, verse 7. Goes like this. Say it with me. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all you ocean depths. This is really cool. The song comes from the highest heaven. And then when the earth starts singing, it comes from the lowest depths. That's so cool. Lightning and hail. We've had some cool storms in southeastern Wisconsin, which have been really great. Lightning and hail. And check it out, my people. Check it out. Snow is in the Psalm 148. I don't know. Does that make it any better? That snow is actually a part of this? No, it doesn't? Okay. Uh, So snow, it's a part of it, maybe, I don't know. Snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding. You mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds. So worship rings out from heaven and then it's answered from the earth below. Why is that? You've heard this before at Lakeland. And I think it's just so important for us to keep saying it until we believe it more and more and more and we live into its full reality. But why is the earth singing? Because what is true in heaven is also true on earth. What's true in heaven is also true on earth. And this is an important critical season for us even to continue to remember that. As news stories come out, as we watch health reports and look at graphs and uh, procedures and protocols that come our way, and then not to mention all the personal things that we've been going through. I don't know about you, but this has been, not, an epidemic aside, this has been a, a difficult season even personally. As I think about a car being totaled and renovations on our house and uh, ACL surgery for my wife and homeschooling, to add that on top of it. Like, it's just like, wow, this is a difficult season. And I think it's so important for us to remember that he is worthy and he is ruling and he is faithful and he is good and he is for you. And that is the song that's ringing out from heaven and is echoed from the earth. And doesn't it just blow your mind that this whole time, while things have been really crazy. Heaven never stopped the song. Heaven never stopped the song. There wasn't this moment that someone broke in and said, guys, it's getting kind of nuts down there. I think we should like close the song out and like focus on other things. If anything, someone probably broke into the throne room and said, let's get louder. Let's get louder with all that's going on. Heaven never stopped its song. And for some of you, who are looking just around the corner and all you feel is overwhelmed and fearful and on edge, uncertain, heaven's not going to quit. Heaven is going to keep singing and the earth is going to echo that. So cool. So what rings out from heaven is answered from earth and you might get to this point and think, so what? 
Well, now it's your turn. Check this out. Verse 11 says this. So he's going with praise. Praise kings of the earth and all the nations and you princes and all the rulers on earth. If he stopped there at verse 11, we'd think, oh, all the, all the people in power, all the people maybe with greater influence than I do should do that. Verse 12, young men and women, old men and children. Is everyone covered? Everyone's covered. And guys, I don't know what you think about this, but the kids only had to be told once. But we... We, we were mentioned twice. Like, I, I, don't know, I don't know what that says to you. It says one of two things. Either we're hard-headed and we need to be told twice. Or maybe, maybe, I actually love this one a little better. Maybe we should be leading the way on this. Maybe we should be leading the way. How cool. I think it's a little bit of both, actually. Stubborn and leading the way. Uh, but guys, I want to call you out front on this that we should be joining the song that creation has already started. And here's the deal. If we don't position our hearts for praise, we will continue to play catch-up to something creation already knows. Creation's already convinced of it. Creation's not stopping. Creation's going to keep going, but we're going to keep playing catch-up if uh, we continue to do randomly what creation does instinctively. When we continue to sporadically step into praise and out of praise and when it's convenient or when it works for me or when life is going well for me, maybe then I'll do it. Creation never stops. And so let's do something instinctively because creation also does it instinctively. And this is important to know. Guys, we are the very good creation. Do you remember that? God would create things and he would say, that's good, and that's good, and that's good. And then he got to us and he says, that is very good. That is very good. If there's any part of creation that should be leading out on this, it's the ones that are made in his likeness. It's the ones that he died for. It's the ones that he came to rescue. We should be the ones full of praise, leading the charge and say, hey, creation, hey, catch up to us. We are the very good creation. And uh, I want to use that platform and use what God is speaking to me in that and leading the way on praise. Psalm 148 calls every created thing to praise the Lord. And we're a part of that. And so together we can magnify uh, Christ. So what do we learn from creation's response? Two things quickly as I see in the verses. It's right here in the text. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm pulling it right from the scriptures. When creation is worshiping, there are actually two lines that kind of offshoot and they teach us something about w- the power of praise and the power of greater worship in our lives. So here's the first thing. Worship focuses my distracted heart. Worship focuses my distracted heart. If your heart is like mine, my heart is easily distractible. Is your heart like that? Our heart has the ability to cling to things that it was never intended uh, to cling to. Here's, Here's just a list. It can cling to our things, our possession. It can cling to our status. It can cling to our looks. It can cling to our plans. It can cling to people. This obsession with being liked, this obsession with moving up, this obsession with just uh, making sure everything is good. It's not a bad thing, but it can rule your life. Our hobbies, our money, all these things can distract our hearts. And you might ask yourself, well, how do I know? I mean, those are some good things. How do I know if it's crossed over the line into something else? Well, here's a good question sometimes I ask. 
If any one of those things is off, would it make or break your day? If any one of those things are off, would it make or break your day? I don't know about you, but every time I uh, buy a vehicle, this happens every time. Every time I buy a vehicle and like bring it home, it never fails that one of our kids like crash into it with their bike or something like that. I'm just like, this never happens ever. But when we bring a car home, boom, like it's just, they nail it. And I think it's this reminder that God's giving me. He's so gracious with me that, hey, your life's not dependent on things. It's not dependent on things, but our hearts are easily uh, distracted. And when we're worshiping, when we're worshiping, we're putting God on his throne. We're saying God is deserving of my praise. My single focus on God slams up against my distracted heart. And I don't know about you, but in worship moments, everything kind of clears out, doesn't it? Like when it's done right and and done with a heart that's ready to worship God, everything else just kind of clears out of the room. And it's just me and God. And God loves that. Here's another thing that we learn from creation's uh, response. This is actually found in verse 8. But here is the takeaway. Worship melts my rebellion. Worship melts my rebellion. In verse 8, creation is singing and praising uh, God. And it says this, that when it's doing that, it does God's bidding. That's how the Bible says it, that creation does, does God's bidding. What does that mean? It means that it joyfully obeys the commands of God. And here's, here's the truth. It's really hard to sin when you're worshiping. That's what I found out. Like when my focus is on God, we just talked about that. When my distracted heart is cleared out and my focus is on God, it's really difficult uh, to sin. And can I be real with you that this summer playlist is messing with me a little bit. Like these songs are sticking. And even next week's song, I'm not going to be a spoiler alert, but next week's song invaded my life this week. And I, it is, when I, maybe you get this, but when I'm not playing it, I'm still playing it. Does that make sense to you? Like when it's not in my ears, it's still on my heart. And I'm singing it all the time and I'm walking around the house uh, singing it. And guess what? I'm nicer to people. Like, it's crazy. I'm nicer. I give people the benefit of the doubt. I believe the best about people. And here's also what I see. When God says, do something, I do it. Like, he prompts me, and I don't like, wait, wait, how does that? No, I just do it. When God says, says some, to say something, I say it. Because before following Jesus, sin ruled our lives. It was our mode. It was our default. It was our nature. But when we gave our life to Jesus, it wasn't our nature anymore. And what happens when we're sinning? God, God gave me this picture this week, and I think it's so powerful, and I hope it's helpful for you, for struggles that you're just like, man, I wish I could get rid of that. I want that out of my life, and why can't I get that out of my life? Because sin is this. It's nurturing our old nature. Like, God takes this nature, when we give our lives to him, God takes this nature, and he buries it, and he puts it to death in our lives. And when we sin, we're actually grabbing a shovel and getting that thing out of the ground and we're trying to put CPR on it. Isn't that twisted? Like, it's just like, oh my goodness, if that's what sin is, I want to run as far away from it as possible because if there's any nature that I want to nurture, it's my new nature. It's my new standing in Jesus. That's what I want to nurture. So worship melts my rebellion. So what now? I I heard this quote this week. It's so good. I just have to share it with you. 
Worship is not a part of the Christian life. It is the Christian life. Worship is not a part of the Christian life. It's not something we enter into. It's not something that we attend. Worship is the Christian life. And today we can think about worship as this thing that's compartmentalized in our lives. But here's what I know about the worshipers in the Bible. The people that say, that God says, these people are good, man. These people are locked into me. These people have my heart. This is what I know is that there's a ton of personal worship that's happening in their life. Is it happening publicly? Yes. But there's a whole lot going on behind the scenes that forms someone char- someone's character to be pleasing to God. And so I just want to challenge you with this, disciples of Jesus, let's up our game in our personal worship, our personal moments with God. Let's let our times together be the overflow of the time that we have personally with God. Here are a few handles for you. What could this look like in your life? Maybe you would dig out your Bible. If you can't find your Bible... Chances are uh, you haven't been spending time in it. And I think it's so vital because this is one of the primary ways that God speaks to us. And so I don't know if you're a reader. I don't know if you're a whatever. There's so many different ways to listen and read the Bible. Get into the Bible. Uh, maybe you'd use the book of Proverbs. I love, if you're starting out, if you're trying to dust off that practice again, don't start in Leviticus or Deuteronomy or anything like that. Start in the book of Proverbs. It's so random. It's like truth after random truth after random truth. And slowly but surely, God reorients your heart. Start in Proverbs. Maybe you'd use your car time or your workouts to listen to worship. Maybe you'd find something that you do every day. You find something that you do every day, and as you're doing it, you would talk to God. Not stopping what you're doing, but as you're doing it, you would talk to God. And you can post a reminder about that, put a reminder on your phone, whatever that looks like. Maybe you would exercise generosity this week when no one's watching. That's personal worship. Personal worship. And I want to call you up into that as we are the very good creation that's supposed to be leading the way on praising uh, God. This song, Christ Be Magnified, uh, I love this song. Uh, I actually love it more when I heard the story behind the song. And so these guys that wrote this song, and I'm going to invite the worship team up as they get ready to lead us in it. Uh, The story behind the song just uh, meant so much to me, and I hope this is a gift to you as well. The guys that wrote this song, this is kind of basically how it went. They got into this season in their life where all these people that they had been playing music with, all these people that they had been leading worship with or on tour with, uh, they began turning their backs on Jesus. Do you know someone like that? Or maybe that's your story today. They were turning their back on Jesus, and there was this heartbreaking moment, like, how how in the world could this happen? How how in the world uh, did this all come about? And there's so many questions, and and just like, oh, what are we going to do about it? Well, they did what what musicians do. They grabbed their instruments, and they began to write. And uh, they began to write this song. And this song is just all about all that's happening from God's perspective. This big choir of worship that's happening all around us. And these guys make this declaration that I can't control what other people do. I can't control their decisions. But you know, right here, right here in this space, as I'm stewarding my soul and as I'm stewarding my heart, I am going to magnify the Lord. I'm going to magnify the Lord. I can't control anything else, but right here in this circle, I'm going to magnify the Lord. And when they started writing, they actually started with the bridge. And the bridge goes like this. I won't bow to idols. 
I'll stand strong and worship you. And if it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. I won't be formed by feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true. And if the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Because death is just a doorway into resurrection life. And if I join you in your sufferings, then I'll join you when you rise. And when you return in glory with all the angels and the saints, my heart will still be singing. My song will be the same. Oh, Christ, be magnified. So God, we want that to be true of us. And we release right here in this moment everything that we can't control. All the things that burden our lives, Jesus, we, we, we lay that aside. Would you burn that away? Because worship starts with a declaration. And we want to make declarations to you, God, right now. That no matter what is going on, I am going to magnify the Lord. I'm going to join in this song that's already started. It happened long before my life, and and it's going to continue on through all eternity. But right here in this moment, no matter what's going on, I'm going to join you in song. And I'm going to praise you. Not from where I wish I was, where I am right now. Lakeland, he must increase. He must. He must increase. Oh, Christ, be magnified. At home, in the room, the conductor's pointing at you. It's your time to break in. Give it all you got. Go for it and make him proud. Jesus, is in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. If you'd like to partner with Lakeland in helping people follow Jesus, be changed by Jesus, and commit their lives to the mission of Jesus, you can contribute to the mission by visiting lakeland.church forward slash give.